Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Rebuttal Sport Podcast for another week. Mick Brennan, joined by Shane and Chris. How are we, fellas? Yes, Good, mate. Matt. Very well. It's evening, Chris. Evening, Michael. Evening, Shane. Evening, Mick. I was uh, very disheartened overnight to find out that I had missed my calling in life. Uh, I'm not sure if you've seen Jeff Bezos's rocket yet, but I was drawing those on desks at primary school, so I could have been a rock. <laughs> I could have been a rocket scientist, and here I am. <laughs> all right well that brings us to our three questions i don't know <laughs> so look guys i want to kick off one uh so i'll i'll put the question and then i'll i'll pose some uh some stuff behind it so is lando norris the next lewis hamilton so if you hear me out just for a second, he's still pretty young. Uh, so, you know, he's lots of time to win a championship. He's he's finishing the points. I think it's in the last uh, 10 races. Might even be more, Shane. You'd be able to tell me. Um, yeah. Is, is he heading down that path to be the next Lewis? Um, it's a good question. Look, I think... For me, I think the next Lewis is actually the bloke that Lewis is fighting in the championship, and that's Max Verstappen. Um, yeah, that's that's for me. I think Max is, um, you know, we'll talk more about, I guess, what happened at Silverstone a bit later. But, yeah, look, Lando's got lots of potential, def- definitely. But, you know, I guess the, the thing for me was Lewis was in a championship winning car um, early on. You know, and he's basically he's only been with the two teams, and he's won championships with both. So, I guess we sort of ask ourselves: Is McLaren a championship-winning team, or in the in that car at the moment? It's not. It's it's building definitely. Yeah. But you know, so if you look at, I can't see. You know, Max is going to be at Rebel for basically the next ten years potentially. So, right now, the only other championship-winning car is Mercedes. And Lewis is there for a few more years, so yeah. And um, the succession plans with George, so yeah, I'm I'm not sure he'll get the opportunities, but he's definitely a quality driver. And yeah, what do you think, Chris? Yeah, I, I tend to agree, mate. I think that Max is going to be hard to beat. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the next round of changes to Formula One uh, bring with it. You know, as always, some teams are better prepared than others. Uh, there is no question that, that Lando is a very talented driver. Um, I think he's easily, um, you know, top top five in terms of uh, talent alone. But Leclerc's in there and there's a couple of other drivers that are uh, probably thereabouts if they were given the opportunities that, that Lewis has had. Um, you know, Mac, Max has put his elbows up and, and got into the opportunity that he's got now and he's not going to let it go easily. So um tend to agree with where you're at, Shane, but... Uh, what, certainly watch this space, you know. Uh, if Lando gets in the right car, I think that um, he's going to prove himself for sure. Can we all agree, though, that we that we want it to be Lando and not Max? <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I, I'd, I'd prefer, I would prefer, for, like, I feel very privileged to have been, you know, a Formula One fan in the era now where we've basically had two of the, you know, the greatest ever drivers in Michael Schumacher and Lewis Hamilton. But 
I'd really like an era where there isn't one, just one or two dominant teams and one or two dominant drivers. I want to see an era where, and hopefully 2022 is the start of that, where there is, you know, half of the field could win any, any given weekend and, you know, half of the drivers could as well. So that's where I want yeah. it to be. Where yeah, We that... don't have one Lewis Hamilton. We actually have 10 or five driving against each other. Yeah, no, that'd be good. All right, who's up next, fellas? Uh, I'll, I'll go, mate. I've got one ready, uh, and it's uh, it's not a it's not a long or complex uh, question for you. Uh, but <laughs> watching watching the Wallabies on Saturday night, and um, I, 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 apologies now if I'm not saying his name correctly. I'm sure that I'm not. And there's a there's a better way to say it. But Marika Korobiti. Um, the, the winger for the Wallabies that chased through um, the box kick and put the hit on the number eight, whether or not you think that it was uh, it was high contact or there was a bit of staging. At, at what point, uh, and, and I'm not, not sure if you guys are aware, but after the game, he's gone to the, the tribunal yes. and, and yep. no further punishment. So no sanction, mm. he's free to play. Uh, at, at, at what point are we going to see uh, rules in games for questionable decisions that punish one side over another. Great win by the Wallabies. They've done it with 14 men for 75 minutes. Um, they showed a bit of ticker, which has been missing. But um, do you think there will be a time um, where decisions like this uh, or there'll be a rule that will allow teams to bring a player back in or so it, it's happening in the super rugby competitions that after 20 minutes, someone who's been red carded can be replaced. Do you think we'll ever see that in international sports? Mm. Mm. I think, yeah, I've, I think it should be, I think perhaps the, you know, at the moment it's a yellow or a red, right? Like, should there be another tier where like that one that was, it was probably more of a yellow than a red that that incident from what I saw. Um, but there are so many inconsistencies that perhaps it's you know just having two is just a bit too makes it you know there's too much of a grey. So if you had a three, maybe you could go. So for example, the rugby league, you know, you're, you're on report, you've got ten in the bin, and then you've got a pure send off, and maybe international rugby needs to have that sort of level um, because at the moment that, yeah, I mean, we saw that, that was a, like a 10 in the bin sort of scenario, I think not a see you next week sort of scenario. So that's where I'll probably see it. Yeah. So the answer question, yes, I can see it in international sport. Yeah. I, I think I would agree. I, to be honest, I haven't seen a huge amount of it or didn't even know what you were talking about, to be honest, but uh, I think <laughs> <laughs> So in in general, I, I think that you know there has to be levels of uh, you know punishments that fit the crimes. So if there's only you know the two tiers, then then you know, is that is that the right answer? Probably not. So and, and I, I, I think we're just seeing sort of outcomes based judgments on a on a lot of these things. If you look at the AFL, there's no um, there's no send offs or cardings or anything like that. It's all reviewed later on. I just think that it can ruin the spectacle a little bit if uh, 
if a decision goes against the team in the way that it did. They got the result. It's all good, but yeah. Yep. Righto, Shano. Yeah, righto, guys. I've been giving this one a fair bit of thought and... <laughs> <laughs> so we saw on the weekend the Swans GWS game um, I guess was impacted the most where we had a number of players from both sides removed from the selected teams very late in the piece before the match and we saw the impact that had on I guess on the Giants um, more so in the game um, has with those changes um, so close to the match commencing, has the integrity of the, of the AFL um, been compromised? And are we in a position now where the season um, needs to, I guess, be postponed um, or paused until we can get through this COVID scenario and then recommence later, later on in the year? I, I think it has to, mate. Like, I think that what happened, what happened with the Swans and... Um, the Giants game uh, shouldn't be happening at a professional level uh, this this far into the, the pandemic as we are. You know, we saw games last year be postponed or put off or rescheduled and um, to, to maintain the integrity of it. Uh, and, and teams are prepared to lose players through injury or, um, you know, through through stupidity and there's disciplinary things and all of those sorts of things. But when it comes down to, I think it's um, uh, young Dunkley from the Bulldogs who who went out and saw, ordered some eggs and now he's in 14 days quarantine um, because of a place that he's been. He's tested negative all the way through. Um, in their best 22, I don't think it's fair that the Bulldogs should have to play without their best players for something that they can't, control. I think that the, the AFL owes it to the teams um, to, to give them um, not a safer environment, but but certainly I think that they need to have more plans in place. We've, we've been doing this long enough. Yep. So I, I think I agree with you, Chris. Um, I think the only caveat that I would put on it is that the alternative is a hub, right? And the hate word is... is uh, forbidden to be spoken around AFL circles at the moment and um, because the players don't want it. So I think it's basically come down to, you know, other players willing to put up with some of the stuff that we're we're seeing now, you know, players going into isolation and, and, you know, last minute withdrawals like we saw in the, in the GWS and Sydney game. Are they willing to put up with that? So they don't have to go into a hub. And I think the the answer, obviously, at the moment is is yes, they're willing to because um, the because of the you know the, the, the where we're at, like so that they don't want to go into a hub. So yeah, well, this is where I, what I think there is. I think the players' association has got the AFL over a barrel, and they've pretty much said that there's no hubs. We're not doing hubs. If you call hubs, then we call season over. So I think I think that's that's uh, what's happened there. I think the AFL will be happy going to hub, um, but the players I'm have made it quite clear they won't do that. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I'm talking. That's what I'm talking. So yeah, yeah. So it's 
you know, it's, but it's almost getting to the point now where it's going to have to be, isn't it? You know, we're going into a hub to finish the season, fellas, like, or, you know, or, it's, or we're done. So, mm-hmm. and, yeah, I, I think it has to, mate. Like, if the, if the, I get, I get that the players' association have got the, um, the mental welfare of the players to consider, and I fully appreciate that. And, 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 and being in a hub is going to suck. And in, in a tighter competition, you know, like at the, at the moment, I think that uh, that no one's standing up to take seventh and eighth spot on the ladder, and that, that week on week that could be anyone that's in there. But if you know, like if if you were a team who was genuinely fighting to to play finals football and things like that, you you want to you you'd always want to be putting your best twenty two out there. So I think that I think that the oh, players yeah. need to commit. What they've I, I, I get how difficult it is, but you've got. Um, I think 13 or 14 million Australians in lockdown, you have the privilege of playing sport at a professional level and earning a lot of money to do it. You're going to have to put a little bit on the line for a couple of months to, to maintain the yeah. integrity. But I get that. I, I get that. In my notes for AFL this week, all I've got is it says, are we done? And question mark, question mark. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> and... You know, so it's, it's kind of a bit of a timely question, Shane. But yeah, it's. I, I think we. It, it's getting pretty close. I think that if uh, if they get any more tighter restrictions or anything like that, then you know, there's there's a fair chance that that we could be done, fellas. So we'll, mm. we'll know more next week, I reckon. But I think they've got this week sorted. But after that, it's anyone's guess. So, so yeah. So uh, let's well, let's talk about the footy. Oh, Ian. I know that we're all we're all done with the questions. We've only got three, and I still can't count them. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the footy last week, uh, I think we were on air when or we were recording when the uh, when the when the, the caddies took care of the Dockers, which was good to see for, from my perspective. Um, so you know, there was a couple other you know sort of surprising results. There was a draw. Melbourne and Hawthorne played out the draw. Oh, mate. Oh, but that was a horrible game of football. Oh, but Melbourne, like, jeez, you know, that's that's really poor from there. I thought, I thought they'd really take the hooks of the cleaners. I think most people did, but yeah, no, that was poor from their behalf. Yep, agreed. So, but yeah, you know, not, not much else surprising results oh, except for the no. Eagles. The oh, Eagles yeah, no, look, you know, I, I, um, I think it's happened a couple of times this year. I've given the Eagles the spray and they've they've come out and they've they've I've won. Responded. So they have responded. Um, but <laughs> so they look they they did well. You know, Kennedy was laid out. I think Luke Shuey, they're gonna miss him for the next couple of weeks with a calf. So they got some concerns, but um, no, well done to them. They um, it was a bit of an arm wrestle early. I think Carfo through the first quarter I said, Oh, this could go to penalties. I think it was three all at that point. Um <laughs> But yeah, and there was did, one other game on Sunday, mate, that we might want to mention. Then. <laughs> I, I just, the, I've got a North got of a the Bobbers, yeah, that was it. <laughs> Before we do, I got a, I got a phone call during the week to pass on a message to you because you've been giving the Eagles a bit of a touch up, and uh, this person was none too happy and said uh, that you're a Carlton supporter, you should wind your neck in. <laughs> and that the last time Carlton won anything that he had, so um, I'll, I'll pass your regard back on to Chalky if you like. And uh, <laughs> so, um, 
but but when you when you touted as a top four teammate and you don't deliver, you know you got to come under a bit of bit of pressure. And you know if people can't handle that, then yeah, I'm not going to apologise. So no, that's okay, that. mate. It was, it was all, a bit, all a bit of fun. No, so, no, what was the other game you wanted to talk about on the Sunday, mate? Sorry. What was the other was game that? you wanted to talk about on the Sunday? Oh, the Blues well, game. obviously the Blues, mate. Just. Um, you know, thanks for bringing them up, Chalky. So, yeah, Carlton had a great win on uh, <laughs> Sunday against the traditional rivals. So, yeah, just, um, you know, what, kicked eight or nine in the last quarter to get over the top of them. Just, and we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk a bit later about Sam Walsh, but, wow, just what, a, what an effort. And um, all of a sudden he's into, in sort of Brownlow calculations. Yeah, you know, he's, I think he's been wound in a little bit, hasn't he? So He has. So, yeah. All right. So, uh, let's get into our tips for this week. So, the first game, I, I, and look, I don't even know if they're all going to get played, but we'll, we'll go down and we'll do it. So, we've got is uh, Port Adelaide versus Collingwood. This could be actually anywhere, but I think it's at Marvel in Victoria. Um, so, and it's a Port Adelaide home game. So... Uh, so, look, I've got uh, the uh, power for me, guys. Yeah, I think so too, mate. Yeah, yeah, power. Are they wearing the prison bar, Guernsey, or we're not going there again? <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be great? That would be great to see. home. Our home game, we'll wear what we want. I'd love that. <laughs> That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? All right, say no. Yes, yeah, Saturday, uh, blockbuster, really, this one. Uh, Marvel Stadium again, Carlton v North Melbourne. This is huge. Doesn't get much bigger than this, boys. <laughs> I do think Carlton can get the job done again. I think that they were they were good last week. That they did uh, did kick away in the end, and that was nice to see. That they they finished off the game well. So Carlton for me. Ah, uh, yeah, Carlton for me as well. And uh, that way we don't have to listen to Hector next week. Oh, jeez, so. I hope we beat him. I hope we beat him. But traditionally, this is the sort of game where we turn it up. So, but we should have a few decent ins. Hopefully, Paddy Cripps comes back. Um, yeah, blue some on. So the uh, the next game on Saturday, fellas, is the uh, the next round of the Q clash between the Lions and the Sun. Brisbane very disappointing last week. I think, uh, against Rinchman, but what do you reckon here? Oh, I've got the Lions to bounce back, mate. Yeah, look, I had the Lions to bounce back last week. They have been ordinary. Um, gee, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't take them at a dollar twenty, would you? Um, you, you tip the Lions, but they need to turn it around quickly. Top four, top four is all of a sudden at Slipping. risk. Slipping. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think they get it done. All right, it's our next game, West Coast versus St. Kilda over here uh, at the Optus. Uh, so there'll be a crowd, um, which is which will be good. Uh, so, but uh, over here, the Eagles, to me, I think they'll be too, too strong over here. Uh, I, I don't have an axe to grind with anyone, Eagles supporters or otherwise, but I'm going to take the $2.87 about St. Kilda. I think that's massive overs, and I think that they're capable. Yeah, they are capable. Uh, I thought they were disappointing uh, late last week against the Power. But, um, yeah, I've got to stay with the Eagles over in Perth. So I'll go Eagles there. 
you can take my axe for this weekend, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, next match is Melbourne v the Doggies. So top two teams. Well, sorry, I think Geelong might be there as well, but two of the top three sides. Um, yeah, battling it out of the home of footy, the MCG. This is a cracking match, and really, whoever wins this, I think you can lock into um, one of the top two spots. Uh, so I've got the doggies, mate. I think that they'll uh, they'll be too strong for Melbourne. Uh, I'm going dogs as well. Hawthorne did play uh, a decent game of football last week, but there's no way that Melbourne should have been in the position to draw that game. So, um, And the dogs definitely just get over the Suns, but I think the dogs. Yeah, I'm going the other way. I think Melbourne, while disappointing last week, they've shown this year that against the top teams, their pressure is at that higher level that the teams can't, can't handle that. So they... They've beaten all of the top teams um, when against them. Uh, they beat the Doggies earlier in the year just with immense pressure. And I think if they bring that, um, they'll they'll beat the Dogs. And I've got Melbourne here. Uh, the next game, fellas, is another uh, home game for an interstate team at Marvel, and that's the Crows versus the Hawks. Uh, yeah, I've got the Crows in, in this one, despite how good Hawthorne were last week. Um, yeah, I've just, I think that Adelaide are looking to bounce back from their loss last week. Yeah, I couldn't have the Crows. They were terrible. Uh, Hawthorne. Yep, Hawthorne for me. Yeah, I tend to agree. The Crows were just too bad to support this week, I think. Uh, so the next game is uh, Sydney versus Fremantle up at Metricon because um, that's where all the Sydney and Fremantle games should be played. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, uh, Swans for me. Yeah, the old boy will be up there. He's up there at the moment. So, and he'll be at the match. And I think the Swans, they've look, they have been there right now. They're one of the form teams and, I think um, just the, once they hit their straps against the Giants, they just looked unbelievable. It's all coming together for them. I think they beat Freo convincingly. Uh, yeah, when, you, when you're talking about old boys being up there, uh, probably worth recognising David Mundy. He signed on for another year to make it 19 <laughs> years at uh, Fremantle. I think he's about to turn 36, so... So he's, good on he's him. almost as old as John. His knees are better, though. <laughs> <laughs> this, would, uh, this would traditionally be the sort of game that Fremantle would be good at. They're, they're away from home and uh, they frustrate the fans. But I, I'm with Shane. I think the Swans can be doing this by close to 10 goals. Right. Uh, next up, this is a big match. Cats v Tigers, really. Um, I see the you know Geelong just need to cement their position in top four or even push for that top two. Richmond, you know they really need to be winning almost every match now to um, yeah make certain their position in the in the final. So, but I think um, this is an interesting one at the MCG. Um, request it for it to be at GMHBA Stadium denied. Yeah, who get who gets this one done, boys? I've got to stick with the cats, mate. I think uh, 
I think that they can get the job done here. Uh, Richmond were good last week, but dusty out, and I think that the uh, the Cats will be all right. Uh, yeah, Cats, Cats and me, obviously, boys, but uh, it's a joke that this has not been played down in Geelong. Yeah, I don't so. know why it's not down there. It is a joke. Like, I agree this one should be down there. It, it's an absolute... But there has to be a game of footy two games of footy every weekend or something like that at the MCG or some, there's some deal and that's why it's there. And, but that's a disgrace. Um, cats for mine. The, uh, the late game on the Sunday gents is just one of those games where uh, we've been watching recently someone throw away their chance to be in the eight. So Essendon are currently there and the Giants are half a game out. So uh, we'll, we'll look at this and uh, we'll pick a winner from it, but it really could just be the case of who wants to throw their chance away. Who have you got? This genuinely could be a nil-all draw because neither of them actually want to win it and make the finals. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's an for me, though. <laughs> so... so what happens is, does, um, does Toby Green play or is he still in isolation? Uh, I think, actually, I don't know, mate. I, don't, I, I, yeah. no. I think he still misses for isolation. Uh, bombers. Bombers. Yeah, I'm on Bombers as well. All right. Overrated and underrated now, I think, fellas. Yes, mate. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, so, uh, my under this week is... The NBA finals finished today and we'll, we'll get to them in a minute and we'll talk a bit about it. But obviously the, the Bucks had a win. The Suns head coach, uh, Monty Williams, is is known for being a bit of a bit of a, a bit of a top bloke, but not as good as as he was today. He went into the Bucks room after the after the presentation and everything, he went in and and just uh, thanked them all for, for a great series and uh, said, you made me a better coach and you made my team better by giving us a hell of a run and congratulations, enjoy your uh, enjoy your celebrations and, and and walked out. It was an absolute true class act and uh, was is very underrated in, in sport, I think. So that's my under this week, Monty Williams. Uh, well played, class act. Uh, well, my my under, my underrated, is Kevin Bartlett. So on the weekend, I listened to him call uh, part of the match, Carlton Collingwood, and I would say his commentary totally underrated. Um, and you know, in the, I guess these days, there's so many stations um, and you know channels commentating footy all the time. I'm really surprised that he is not on, um, you know, whether it be Fox or Channel 7 because um, I listened to him and he he has a lot of passion for the game still. And, um, like, he was calling Carlton Collingwood two, two teams he absolutely despises, but he, had, <laughs> but he had great passion and it wasn't fake like some other uh, commentators who hate certain teams when they commentate, it does seem a bit over the top and fake. It was quite genuine. And I just think um, for him, it, it actually, I was quite excited to hear him call and it was, it was really good. So for me, Kevin Bartlett underrated. 
Where was he? Where was he calling, Shane? What what station? Uh, three three AW. So it's three yeah, AW. Right. So if you um, you know, if you go through the AFL app and um, choose to listen live, you can pick three AW and have a have a listen. Yeah, very good. Sounds good. Yep. Sounds good. Uh, fellas, my underrated. Uh, I think you might have touched on it uh, earlier in the in the podcast, but I'm I'm going to bring it up. Is uh, is good officials, referees, stewards, marshals, just when a, when, a, when a game or a sport is officiated well and you almost forget that they're out there, I think that, uh, I think that that's underrated. Too many times it feels like you've bought a ticket to go and watch some bloke blow, blow the pee out of the whistle uh, and, and to take his 15 minutes of fame. Um, so I think that uh, good officiating and, and good referees, they're essential um, for sport. And I think that that's underrated when you get it, when you get a good, you know, in the AFL, I think five or six or whatever it is that's out there, when you get a good team and they, and they manage a game well, um, that's underrated for me. No, that's good. That's good. Uh, so I, I actually agree with you, mate. It's when you get a good, good ref or, or anything, it's good. Uh, I don't have an overrated this week, fellas, and and so I'm not even going to try and make something up like I did last week and still copping shit for it. Uh, so I'm going <laughs> to. Well, I think what Over- you could say. I, overrated. I think you do, think you do have an overrated. Bucket. You've just said it. Overrated was your question last week. That was overrated. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So go on, Shane. Then you go, mate. <laughs> oh, look, boy, my overrated. Is- Draft pundits. So as soon as Carlton picked Sam Walsh in the 2018 draft, there have been pundits picking apart Carlton's pick. Should have gone. Version. Should, well, no, <laughs> no. Should have taken more of a risk. Connor Rosie. Oh, why didn't they go for the King brothers? Um, Isaac Rankin. Like all of these, um, Bailey Smith for the dogs. It's been nonstop. Back um, in 2019, Gary Lyon did his he redid the draft and he had Sam Walsh at pick six or seven, um, and all those players I just mentioned ahead of him. He actually said that Carlton, that Isaac Rankin after one game or three games was actually a better prospect than Sam Walsh. Like there's a there's a commentator over here in Adelaide um, who used to play for Port Power, and he has actually said this year that. At the start of the year, Connor Rosie will win the Brownlow, and the Carlton have just done the wrong thing in picking Sam Walsh. Well, how stupid do these draft pundits look right now when he is absolutely dominating the game? Where players like Paddy Dangerfield have come out and said basically he's he's going to be like the next big thing. Well, he's absolutely ripping the game apart on the weekend. He had thirty-eight and kicked a kicked a match-winning goal. He's done that three times this year and I think it's time for people to actually get out the pie, put their hand up and say, got it wrong. He is the greatest from that draft. Mate, I, uh, I'm i not going to be partaking in any pie because I absolutely agree with you. I think it was like the second or third game I seen him play for Carlton. I said to you, this kid is one of the best kicks in football I've ever seen. Um and I still stand by that now. I, th- I think he's brilliant. I'd love to have him at the Cats. So um, that's obviously not going to happen. But um, yeah, he is he is magnificent. So uh, yeah, I love watching him play. I'll tell you, I, the first season he played, I went down and watched Carlton Sydney. 
and he got the ball about 30 out of in our defensive 50 and kicked it. And he was playing on Josh Kennedy for the Swans. And he just took off. So Josh Kennedy, you know, like at that stage would have been 10, 11, 12-year player, you know, a lot of pre-seasons under his belt. He took off and Kennedy just couldn't go with him. And that's at that moment I knew work rate, you know, aerobic capability. Yeah. He's got the smarts. I just knew at that moment, yeah, he's pretty special. So, and he's not just oh, an, an accumulator either, like some people have said. He is, yeah, he's amazing. He's damaging. Yeah, he, so, very much so. Yeah. No, that's, that's a good one, mate. That's good. My, my overrated social media rants. I think when Dr. Helmut Marco tucks Christian Horder and Max Verstappen in bed this week, he might be having a little word about how stupid they might look with some of the things that they said. I know that we'll get onto the F1 a little bit later on, but accept the decision. So, you know, I, I spoke about officiating and I asked about the red card and what we can do about the howlers and things like that. Uh, eventually, you know, you've, you've, you've got to accept it. If you get red carded, you've got to walk off the field. You can't remonstrate. You can't buddy, you know, so... If the if the race stewards saw a ten second penalty in it, he took he did his ten seconds. He still won the race. He's entitled to celebrate. Pull your heads in. You don't jump on social media and talk about how unfair things were or anything like that. It just looks like sour grapes. I, I'm not for it. Oh, so, I agree, mate. <laughs> I agree. Well said, Heidi. Well said. I think the the best tweet I saw about the about that. Um, whole scenario, I think I sent it to you boys, was uh, it had like Christian, you know, Christian Horner saying like, let him race. Also Christian Horner. Michael, do you have a minute? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly right. Look, I know we, I know in the running sheet we had the F1 later on, but should we just, just keep rolling with it now, do you reckon? Yeah, let's, let's roll into it. Let's roll into it. Yes. Well, good question. Good, great Great um, overrated there, there, Chris. I think you're, you're spot on. And what a race it was at Silverstone. Um, yeah, for those that haven't seen the results. So we had the new format this weekend, right? So qualifying on Friday, which gave you your starting positions within the sprint on Saturday, which then where you finished that is where you started the race on Sunday. Just, just if people weren't across that. So quality Friday, Lewis Pohl. But then off the line in the sprint, which is uh, 100 kilometres, which ended up being, I think, 17 laps. Yep, um, seven, yep. Yes, Max got the jump on him and um, and led from go to woe uh, to win the sprint. So it's not a race. It's just called a sprint. Um, Although, yeah, some... if it looks like a race, it smells <laughs> like a race. <laughs> I, I couldn't look away, mate. I could not look away. I loved it. I thought that, that was sensational. I watched uh, Max get him off the line. I watched, uh, I think, Lando and, and Daniel um, in the scraps that they were in and I think gain a, gain a place. And, um, you know, like Dan, Danny Rick was being hunted down by signs or someone like that, much like the, the actual race on Sunday. I couldn't look away. Loved it. I thought it was sensational. Yeah, I think Alonso. Alonso, I think, start, he qualified 11th in the quali. So he started that sprint in 11th and halfway through lap one, he was up until, he was up until fifth. Like yeah. he just was electric off the line and showed that he still got some race craft. Definitely the, the old boy. So, and then we got to the main event 
um, on Sunday and uh, it was an amazing sort of two-thirds of a lap um, at Silverstone. So they went toe-to-toe, um, Max and Lewis. And, yeah, they, they I think Lewis had about two or three goes to get past. He definitely got in front um, a couple of times. But, yeah, just couldn't get the pass done. And then we, we went to Cop, Cop's Corner. Um, and that's where it all, I guess, it all happened. Came unstuck. <laughs> well, yeah. So I guess, you know, it's a it's a, been a, a move that's been debated, um, you know, through all of the different teams and drivers and team principals and all of the commentators, whether it, the move was fair or whether it was a racing incident, whether it deserved a penalty. So... What, what do we think, guys? What's uh, what's everyone's take? I'm the least experienced, so I'll go first when it comes to F1. I, <laughs> I have I have looked at it, and I've looked at it from uh, from the angle above. Come, coming into that in, coming into the corner, Lewis is on the inside, and they are wheel to wheel. Lewis breaks a little bit earlier than Max, and then and then Max. So by the time Max turns in on him, Lewis is front wheels are just in front of Max's back wheels. So there's, there's no, obviously they've contacted. So there's no saying that Max was clearly in front or, or that, you know, Lewis had rights. I think that Lewis has got some rights to a racing line. I think that he was inside of the line, but he's got some rights to it. I think Max has turned in on him um, and, and Lewis had nowhere to go. I, I would have thought that that's a racing incident, but that's just my opinion. Um, with yeah, so I think that they both could have done a little bit more, I reckon. And so I reckon that that Lewis could have moved over a touch, but not much. Also, Max could have given him a bit more room. Uh, I think racing incident. That's my opinion. Yeah. So, so look, I, I'll just I want to go back a few races and just talk about, I guess the the precedence has been set so far this season so there's been a couple of times where Max and Lewis have actually gone toe to toe in the first lap and each time that that's happened so um, I recall though it was at um, Spain where Max went barreling down the inside at turn one and Lewis had had a choice to make either turn in and 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 there'll be contact or leave him space and he left him space I think uh it was again uh, at Imola, same same scenario. So Lewis tried to go around the outside, um, and same thing. Max just went hard, drifted wide, and basically forced Lewis off the track in that situation. So he's both times he has made contact with Lewis, and but Lewis has tried to avoid the contact, and I think. Lewis is probably very mindful of that where he's at the point now he goes, the championship's on the line. I'm 33 points down. Basically, if I avoid contact here and he gets through. So if he, if he doesn't get past him at Cops Corner, he will get nowhere near him through Maggots and Beckets, which are the next two corners, and then won't get near him on Chapel Straight. Race over. Effectively, he's done. Because um, we saw in the sprint, it's really hard to, to, to overtake and to keep up. Um, through those corners, so I think Lewis knew this is this is my chance. If I don't get it done by cops, then it's race over. So he did what he did what Max has done uh, in those races I've mentioned, and he 
he didn't just throw it down the inside. He was alongside Max. Yep. Um, yeah. He was a little. He didn't make the apex. He was a little bit wide. He wasn't exactly forcing um, Max out. Max still turned in on him, and so I agree that it it should have been deemed a racing incident. So I can understand why they gave him a penalty. Um, I'm glad they didn't go too harsh. I mean, ten seconds is too hard. Still very harsh, but it's I think it's the second least or second smallest penalty they could have given him. So, yeah. um, but you know, so you're, you're with with helmet, and he should be suspended for a week. No, and... <laughs> no, no, and or you know, so yeah, Christian Horner sort of saying, "Oh, you just don't do that. You don't do that." Well, you do do that um, because that's what you do on the first level of race. You've got to go hard. Um, and that we've seen Max do that. That's what Max does as well. So I think there's a bit of sour grapes there. And yeah, so I think racing incident, but I, when he got 10 seconds, I understood the penalty. So I sort of thought, well, I didn't think he'd win though. What? No, I didn't think he'd win after that either. Uh, so yeah, but you know, credit to him. It was amazing. So, you know, the, Come from that position, or I think he's just what he's what he's shown over time is that he can eke out the life of those tyres, just amazing. So he obviously just just got just didn't go at a hundred percent from the start on those on those hards. Just got to the point where he knew right if I go a hundred percent for the rest from now, I can get to the end and get past him. If he did that early on, he would have just yeah. He wouldn't have. Got he just knows. Does he just knows? Like tire management. He is the best at tire management, and we've just seen it again and again and again from him. And yeah. it's just it's one of the pieces of the puzzle that make him the best driver we've ever seen. And uh, Danny Rick had a fair weekend. Uh, you know, he was um, thereabouts. Obviously, Lando was a bit down the road for him, but. Um, you know, still some solid points and, you know, he seems to be on the improve. So, yeah, he made some moves, um, I think, which was good. So, yeah, definitely land. Uh, in practice and quality, he was, you know, within a half a tenth or, with you know, um, of Lando, which is a lot closer than he has been. So, continues to improve. But, um, yeah, he's, a, he's a still a fair way off where I thought he'd be. So... But he keeps smiling, so he's got the support of his team, and no, no, no doubt he'll um, he, he he will get there in the coming races. So it wouldn't be uh, talking about Formula One without me talking about George and Williams just quickly. So another another great weekend from George. He uh, you know put it into into Q three, um, got a bit of a penalty um, on on Saturday during the sprint. And uh, got three grid places, I think it was. So just put him outside the top 10. And uh, we're hoping he could work his way back up. So my question is, can we just have a rolling start? Just one race? Because <laughs> off the line is an absolute pig of a thing off the line. Once he gets it going, it's all right. So give him a run and start at it. And, uh, and I think we'll be all right. And he might get some points. So... Um, yeah, let's go with a rolling star IndyCar style. <laughs> yeah, look, I think what he's showing is he's a brilliant qualifier, but he's just out qualifying, like the car, if that makes sense. Like he's yeah. just putting the car in a place as it shouldn't be, and 
but he's giving himself an opportunity and there will be a race where, you know, circumstances will allow him to, you know, he'll qualify eighth, ninth, tenth, and then something will happen and he'll be able to hopefully take advantage of that. Yeah. Yep. All right. I think we should move on now. Uh, I was quickly want to talk about the NBA finals. They finished up today, as I mentioned before. Uh, Milwaukee won it in six. Uh, Giannis was named MVP. Uh, it was a it was a it was a really good series. Uh, probably one of the better series for a while. Um, you know, it was it was down to the wire. Even the other day, you know, the the win that the Bucks had in Phoenix. Um, you know, with Giannis getting the alley oop with like seven seconds to go to ice the game. Um, and then today he was a beast. He had 50 today and uh, about five or six blocks, I think it was. Um, yeah, he just, I, I think he just wanted it more, to be honest. Um, it was it was a great win. Um, so, yeah, and he, he's just a, he's just a genuinely, seems like a genuinely nice bloke. Like he just, that's, and that's why I'm, I'm happy for him to win it. So, yeah. Um, I, think, I think if you go back, Mick, uh, you know, there's a there's a little bit of uh, destiny and maybe a little bit of fate in there. Um, think back to Game Seven of the Bucks versus the Nets. Kevin Durant times up, um, down by two, takes a shot, uh, and and his toe, his size 18 shoes or whatever he is, and his toe is on the line. No three goes to overtime, and the Bucks get the job done there. Um, you know, like it, I think there was a little bit of destiny in that. Once they got through that game, that. Uh, but they were obviously going to go yeah. on. That, that that could have been so different for them. Yeah, uh, you're right. And the good thing to see was there was a, was a fair bit of emotion in it for him. Like the first, he was in absolutely just in tears when he won it. Went and went and hugged his family and and uh, and everything like. You can see what it see what it meant to him and the work he's put in. So um, it was it was good to see. So yeah, but uh, let's let's move on. Let's talk some a bit of NRL. And uh, Chris, I see you've got some notes here for transfer and loan windows, mate. What's all that about? I have, mate. So uh, there's, uh, I think there's a, there's, a, there's a week left, or a couple of days left in the uh, the NRL transfer window. Um, and and one of the things that we're seeing now is uh, is also some loans. So Tavita Pangai Junior is being um, uh, signed by the Bulldogs for 2022 for three on a three-year deal worth a worth a couple of mil. So he'll be leaving the Broncos. But uh, James Fisher Harris um, from Penrith is going to go uh, out of effectively out of the bubble, away from the hub for the birth of his child. So uh, there is a suggestion that Penrith are actually looking for a loan deal to bring Pangai to the club to fill in for. Um, James Fisher Harris. Um, I like it. I think that it's a. I think that it's a good thing. I think that um, you see these sorts of things in a, certainly in a lot of the American sports mid-season transfer windows and um, and and loaning people to uh, to clubs. So if you've got somebody who's not you know uh, AFL wise, not in your best twenty-two, not in your thirty-man squad, uh, and just sort of not getting enough game time. Um, somebody else can pick up a portion of their their salary for the year if they go into another club next year, uh, and 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 see them through a little period. I think that is good for the sport. Um, so yeah, I just just really enjoyed keeping an eye on that. I think that there's a uh, there's a couple of things there. So 
Um, yeah, hopefully we, some we, of those come off. The, we spoke about the transfer and loan window thing for, for a lot of sports for AFL. Um, when, you know, the Gold Coast were, were looking at playing a guy who's about my height, like 5'10 in the ruck. Um, so because they had no ruck. So we were looking, we were talking about it then and yeah. – I think that in any sport, if you know you can, if you're not getting a game for whatever reason, and you can be loaned out to get some games into you and develop and stuff like that, I think that there's nothing wrong with that at all. So I, I think that yeah, it's it's always a, I think I think it's always good. So oh, it's, a, it's a win-win, mate. We saw it with Harry Grant at the West Tigers uh, when Melbourne were, were flush for hookers and Cameron Smith was still there. Um, he gets some game time into him. He gets some experience into him. Um, surely, surely it's better for the competition. The Warriors loaning players uh, for some of their guys who had to go back to New Zealand. It's good for the comp to uh, to, to have teams sort of supporting teams when they need it. So, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, the other yeah, thing I want I to guess, talk about quickly. Well, oh, sorry, the Shane. Only, oh, the only thing I would say there is what we don't want to develop is a almost like a two tiered competition um, where we, yeah, where we have teams basically just being feeder teams because um, we do see that in the Premier League in in, in the soccer um, where you see you know those top teams and they they loan players out to the to the bottom team so these bottom teams are just trying to avoid relegation right they're not really going to challenge the top teams but yeah I mean it's clear that in that um, Premier League in that in that itself there is really two or three tiers so I guess we really don't want our our um, local competitions to end up like that. So I agree, there it's great opportunities, but we just need to be mindful of that. Yep. You mean like our Southampton or Liverpool feeder club? Well, exactly. <laughs> like it's just we just don't want you know where like we've already got teams like the like the the Suns right. That just how many players have been and I know they're not a feeder team, but. You could use that as an example where how many of their players have ended up at other clubs. Um, yeah. And that's that's effectively what they've been for the whole time in the competition. Um, so, yeah, we just want to avoid that if possible. Yep. Yeah, no, fair enough. Uh, so the other thing I want to talk about the NRL, we, me and Shane were talking about how, how good the, uh, uh, the Panthers' defence was earlier in the season and uh, how they were like, just being miserly and giving up no points at all. Um, one of the things that I wanted to point out was how good the storms have been on the other, how good the storm have been on the other side of the ball. Their, their offense has been huge. So they've scored 632 points this season at an average of scoring 37 a game. Uh, and I don't know a huge amount about rugby league, but I do know that that is a big score to be racking up every week. So, <laughs> It, it is, mate. I think they've uh, they've won fifteen games, and I think eleven of those games have been scores over forty. So, like that, is, it's it's just phenomenal what they're doing at the moment. They are they are playing so well, and um, you know the, the the big three aren't there. It's not like they've, they've clearly not got a horrible spine, but you could argue that they're playing without superstars, and they Cameron Munster probably. Um, is excluded in that conversation, but the rest, the rest of the spine, um, I don't think they would at the start of the season certainly wouldn't have been considered superstars. They've they've certainly turned that around now, um, and, and it just gets worse for teams. Pappenheisen's coming back, and they're going to keep Nico Hines in the team. So, 
Look out. Uh, Chris, question without notice, one word answer, is Craig Bellamy the best rugby league coach ever? No, not now. Right. But he's, cer- he's certainly on track. Who, who is oh, that? It's, mate, look, with all of these questions, I think it's difficult to compare eras. I think uh, Jack Gibson's um, got to come into calculations. Uh, and and uh, like it's uh, in terms of a record at the moment, I think that um, Wayne Bennett is also in in, exactly. in, the, in the conversation. So uh, I think by the time he finishes, he will be. Um, and uh, like, yeah, I, I just don't think he's there just yet. Oh, I know, uh, but uh, he's he is very good. <laughs> How's that for a one-word answer, mate? No, I don't mind it. Don't mind it. All right, let's talk about some cricket because the uh, we ended up losing the fifth T20, so we'll move on from the T20s. But we won the one day today, and uh, so Alex Carey got in, in into some runs. Uh, and uh, Shane, would you like some uh, custard with your humble pie? Oh, mate, once <laughs> one swallow doesn't make a summer, mate. Like, come on. <laughs> no, no I, I, mate, I, complete, I completely agree, and it goes to. I'm, I, unlike about... you, I, unlike you, it turns from one week to the next the Matty way. <laughs> I am sticking. I'm sticking with my uh, assessment of Mitchell Stark. M- Mickey B turns quicker than Liberace, mate. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> if Mitchell, I, I... Star- if Mitchell Stark. Leads the uh, the wicket takers in the ashes, and we get the and and we retain the urn. Then I will I will have said pie, um, but until then, no. So and, uh, a, a question for, for you, for like the record, on, oh yep. I was just going to say for the record, I'm I'm sticking fat with Matty Wade being out of the side. He made three today, so <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got a question for you blokes without notice based on our conversation last week. Uh, and, and does this just prove our point? Now, I know that there was some changes made for, for injury reasons and things like that. But how does Australia go from being so substandard in the T20 format of the game to doing what they did today in the one-day format? Are, are, are we missing a trick in the coaching ranks? And, and oh, the playing ranks. 100% we are. And yep. does this just prove our point? It does prove our point. Yep. Greg Ship, it's yep. there waiting. Let's get it done. Yep. Get him, someone get him on the phone. So, <laughs> yep. <laughs> but you talk about no. Matty Wade as well. So he opens the 2020, right? And then now, it, and now it's like, oh, now we want you to come in at seven. In the yeah. oh, it's just seriously like, come on! It's all over the joint, isn't it? Oh, it's bloody really, really poor. So yeah, yeah, uh, definitely all over the joint. So, uh, all right. So, bet of the week, fellas. Oh. You can all bow down now because we finally got one up. Cavendish held onto the green jersey. Uh, managed to beat the time in the Pyrenees in, in the last two stages on the Pyrenees and uh, and then uh, held on through to held on to the jersey through to the end in Paris so uh, that bet got up fellas so we're, we're all good we're away. Well, I got one up last we're week away. as well Mick 
So, I did see that, mate, because you had the draw, though, with the, with, but that's a payout, isn't it? Sports, sports bet pays that. So, yeah, they, uh, they, they paid out on that. So, yeah, got, got lucky with the Demons versus the Hawks, but there's another one up. And I think that Shane got his up the week before as well. So, no, no, he didn't. No. <laughs> oh, so, no. <laughs> um, and, and I didn't realize, you know, I should have because I'm all over the chess, but. Um, the World Championship isn't until November. So, uh, yeah, we won't be seeing that one getting paid out anytime soon either. I did, right. uh, I I did do some research after your insights last week, Shane. And uh, the, the, the game of the tournament for the Challengers tournament to see who goes to take on uh, Magnuson, uh, yeah. with, with, uh, there, there was an outstanding game between the two Chinese players that – that lasted a couple of days. So Ling, Ling and Wang went head-to-head <laughs> in two games to split it in halves. That must wow. have been such a sight to see. It was, mate. I've got it on KO, and I just had the popcorn there. I couldn't, I couldn't leave it. It was amazing. <laughs> I, look, looking forward to the championships in, uh, in November through to December. Uh, I am... I am looking forward to watching that. I'll, I'll be switching right, the cricket man, off man. and tuning in. Better the week, guys. Better the week. Let's go. Okay. I've got mine here. I am prepared right. this week. I am prepared. Right. Right. So I've got my better the week this week right. is not. What are you ears painted on, mate? Or what? Oh, oh sorry, mate. Oh, well, yeah, you were into it. Yeah, sorry, mate. You must have cut out. No, I was into it. I was into it. Oh, there you go then. Port Adelaide over Collingwood. Yeah, that's fair enough. The Blues will beat the Roos. Sydney to beat Frio. Penrith Panthers will beat the Broncos. Sydney Rabbitohs will beat the New Zealand Warriors. And then I'm going to the Olympics. Um, you know I'm a huge fan of the Olympics. And um, I'm going to the archery. I just think this one this is one of the elite sports that I get right into, the archery. And... We all know that Korea are very strong in the archery. So in the men's individual archery, I'm going uh, Kim Woo Jin to win. Uh, all up, $16.18, $18.41 with my power play. Look at that. That's, uh, that's money for jam, except for Kim, maybe the archery. Kim <laughs> Woo Jin, Michael, I can hear you typing it down. So. That's uh, Chris that's typing that's, it. That's me, mate. <laughs> Is it really? I'll get that in there so I can keep track of it. <laughs> I need to get on that so, and, and have a right. <laughs> so, so mine's nice and easy this week uh, and it's an Olympic bet so Trayvon Brommel to win the 100 metres and Noah, Noah Lyles to win the 200 and uh, you can get $3.60 about that and uh, that is you know, almost money for jam I reckon Lyles is the question mark that'll be that there we go, there we go. Right, eh? Very good. I've uh, I've done something I don't normally do. I've dabbled in a little same game multi, and it's actually with my team involved. So you know that this is going to go no good. <laughs> but I've I've got the Chooks to beat the Knights with Sam Walker and James Tedesco as anytime try scorers for six dollars twenty five. Oh, that's money for John. There we go. All right, another big week, fellas. Uh, just a quick quick promo. We've got a uh, 
Olympic special podcast coming up as well, which will be out at the same time as this one. We're just about to record that. Uh, so Cliffy's going to join us for that. He's a big, big Olympic fan. So uh, that'll, that'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate. I said bigger than me. Yes, mate. Yes. As hard as that is to believe, he's a bigger Olympic fan than you. <laughs> And congratulations to Brisbane um, being announced as the uh, the Olympic host for 2032. Um, great yeah, to see all those. Uh, great to see all of those Queenslanders. Um, you know, I guess adhering to social distancing while they celebrate um, the win. So well done. <laughs> we, we might all be right, over COVID by then. Cheers, guys. Catches. So.